Hello and welcome to another APW Property Podcast. APW helps expats and others to buy property in the UK, both for investment purposes or because they want to use the property themselves after their working life away from the UK has come to an end. APW have been doing this for over 30 years, advising a wide variety of clients on house purchases. So if that seems interesting to you, do get in touch with APW and they can start you on your journey. In the meantime, they sponsor this podcast series to help people understand the UK property market. Podcasts cover all manner of subjects, from our City Watch episodes, where we look at different cities in the UK, to our regular snapshots of the economics of the UK with our market moseys. Uh, today, we're going to look at the Chancellor's Autumn Statement, uh, which happened in November. And I'm joined by APW's top commentator, Callum Williamson. Hi, Callum. Hi, Paul. That was very kind of you to call me APW's top commentator. I'm glad Stu's not here to uh, say otherwise. So, yeah, I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Well, it serves him right for not being here, doesn't it, really? It does. Um, I'm very well. Uh, You're in uh, Kuala Lumpur at the moment, I gather. That's right, yeah, in the office in Kuala Lumpur. um, We've got a networking session event here next week, and we've, um, you know, spent the day trying to catch up with clients and invite them along and that sort of stuff so uh, yeah it's not rained yet today which is unusual for kale but otherwise uh, all good yeah uh, so uh, what are we looking at today we are going through the awesome statement so we're going to have a look at that in a bit more detail okay i was sort of speculating you should just get up and say it's cold it's wet it's miserable the leaves are falling off the trees um, you know that that would be an autumn statement, wouldn't it? It would be yes, but it was uh, it was a bit more bit more to it than that, which is good. I mean, there's there's a lot of good stuff in there. So, yeah, I guess it was all about the UK's fiscal position and getting some new tax and budgetary goals for the next year. But uh, you know, also it could have been more poetic than that as well. It could have been something that he could have stood up and said, "Season of mists and mellow fruitfulness, close bosom friend of the maturing sun." conspiring with him how to load and bless with fruit the vines that round the thatch eave runs, to bend with apples the moss cottage trees, and fill all fruit with ripeness to the core, to swell the gourd and plump the hazel shells with a sweet kernel, to set budding more and still more later flowers for the bees, until they think warm days will never cease, for summer has o'er-brimmed their clammy cells. Uh, that's a bit of Keats for you, but there was nothing of that in there, was there? No, no. Unfortunately, I mean, it would have been it would have been interesting if there was, you know. But um, it reminded me of a, a pet budgie that I used to have, whose name was Colonel. And um, budgies, I don't know if you've ever had a, a budgie as a pet, but they're very interesting creatures, and they become very attached to their humans. So he used to sit on my shoulder when I was doing work in the office, and uh, he was a lovely little character, old Colonel. Okay, I think the sweet kernel in the poem was um, spelt slightly differently, <laughs> yes. possibly. Yes, it was, yeah. yeah. Uh, for all of you uh, people with sensitive ears, sweet kernel, sweet kernel budgie. Anyway, uh, so uh, tell us what was relevant to housing in the statement. Well, take us through some of the main points. Okay, well, to start off, there were quite a few tax changes. You know, here he's trying to offset the fact that people are paying a lot more in tax from the fact that income tax thresholds have been frozen. So as people's wages go up, they're paying more in tax over and above the tax-free allowance, and more and more people are being drawn into a higher rate tax bands. And that's from the Times. 
Yeah, the the UK rates um, stayed the same for 23-24 as they were in 22-23. Uh, there are three tax rates, four if you count the zero rate. Uh, so that's 20%, 40% and 45%. Uh, they kick in at 12570 50,270 is when you start paying 40% tax and then 125,140 is the 45% tax band. Um, the kicker for landlords is that your gross rent is counted as personal income. So, you know, rent then kicks you into a higher rate tax bands quite quickly. So what else was in that Times article? The, uh, the tax take is pretty hefty, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's, um, you know, unfortunately, obviously you used to have Myris, so you could deduct the the mortgage expense from the from the taxable income on a personal basis, but that's been phased out. Myris standard for mortgage interest relief at source, I think. Uh, that's right, correct. It does, and you know, so if you are looking to build a portfolio or buy properties, then you can still get that through uh, owning by a UK limited company. So, um, you know, that's something to consider that not a lot of people are always aware of. But um, what else? So what are the other changes? No, as I say, no change to income tax rate, but some changes to national insurance rates. From April, employed workers will pay 10% on earnings between 12570 and 50270 And that's down from 12%. Uh, self-employed workers will pay 8% on their profits in the same tax threshold band. And that's down from 9 and class two national insurance con contributions for the self-employed have been scrapped uh, and it won't affect your pension contributions. Yeah, so there was a fair, there were giveaways on the national insurance uh, contributions that people have to make, which was, you know, to go some way of uh, ameliorating that fact that the UK average household will be paying £1,900 more in tax by 2025. So the same bands that, that 12,570 to 50,270 which is the 20% tax band that's been frozen since April 2021 for income tax and then it's also now been frozen for national insurance since April 2022 and neither band is likely to change until 2028. So the, the according to the times the freezes are expected to raise 45 billion for the government while this week's national insurance cut will cost an estimated £10 billion. That's less than £1 returned to households for every £4 lost to frozen thresholds. Oh, that is such a fiscal drag, man. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, apparently the OBR predicts, that's the Office of Budget Responsibility, predicts that more than 7 million people will be paying the higher rate tax band by 2028. Uh, that's 4 million going into the 20% tax band, 3 million going into the 40% band, and around 400,000 going into the top band. So, yeah, they 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 are taking money out of your pocket. Well, that's it, isn't it? I mean, governments all over the world spent so much money in COVID that they haven't got a lot of wiggle room to promise any spending, really. So, essentially, um, you know, what uh, was done is that the councillor used some of the extra spending power he's got from inflation to deliver some short-term cuts and not pay back the national debt or improve public services. Yeah, well, election year, anyone? Um, uh, what about uh, any other announcements? Yeah, there were some other announcements aimed at encouraging growth. He said that 
The expensing tax break for businesses spending on new machinery and equipment has been made permanent. Uh, funding of a 4.5 billion to attract investment to strategic manufacturing sectors, including green energy, aerospace, life sciences, and zero emission vehicles. Uh, some 500 million over the next two years to fund AI innovation centers. That's interesting. Uh, financial incentives for investment zones and tax relief for free ports extended from five years to 10 years with new investment zones announced for the West Midlands, East Midlands, Greater Manchester, as well as Wrexham and Flintshire. Uh, further 80 million for new levelling up partnerships to fund regeneration projects in Scotland. So, you know, good news for the regions, which is, you know, some of the areas we bang on about quite a lot of the time, West Midlands, East Mid Midlands, Greater Manchester. So um, that's pretty positive. Yes, it's it, things to keep an eye on with these investment zones and the enterprise zones and the free ports that, you know, the hope is that the amount of money that the government invests in it by the tax relief uh, regimes that they've installed does then provide a regeneration for an entire area, which then improves employment prospects, which should improve, you know, r um, people renting and it should also then have an impact on house prices. So we try and keep an eye on those in our City Watch episodes. Um, uh, what about the tenants of landlords? What was in the autumn statement for them? Some benefits increases for both pensioners who will get the triple lock increase next year. And for those on universal credit, there's an increase as well. Universal credit and other working age benefits in England and Wales to increase by 6.7% from April, in line with September's inflation rate. Local housing allowance rates, which determine level of housing benefit and universal credit people receive to pay rent in Great Britain. Uh, that's to be unfrozen, increase to 30% of local rents from April and state pension payments to increase by 8.5% from April in line with uh, in line with average earnings. So yeah that I mean that's good news for those renting to you know pensioners or or um uh, to people on universal credit and that then there's local housing allowance rate uh, which had been frozen was you know creating a real problem for many tenants who weren't able to afford, afford any increases in rent. So if you do have some of those tenants, then that's that's good news because it eases the pressure on the tenants that you have. This continuation of the 75% business rates discount uh, for the retail and hospitality sector is that's to be extended for another year. Uh, selfishly, I'm affected by that. Uh, we have a property that includes a restaurant on the ground floor, so uh, they should be able to carry on paying rent for next year anyway. Uh, what about um, uh, the planning policy mentions? Yeah, I mean, this was um, for, you know, for landlords and, and people that are actively invested in property. I think this was a pretty interesting one, and it was sort of uh, out of the blue almost on um PDRs or permitted development rights saying that there'd be a cons consultation on, on allowing any house to be split into two flats as long as the exterior isn't altered. Yeah, so what do we think of that? I, I, I heard that. It was a bit of a shock announcement in the middle of the speech, wasn't it? It was kind of, oh, <laughs> you know, it is just a consultation. But uh, what are our first thoughts? Yeah, well, this is the thing, isn't it? You know, I mean, anyone that was listening, that sort of that perked my ears up. And I've since been trying to do a bit more research into it and to figure out, figure out, you know, is it any property? When does it come into play? How will it work? All that sort of stuff. Because it does represent a great opportunity, you know, for people with a bit more capital that want to be turning 
houses into flats. But it's an attractive idea. I think what he's trying to do with it is address supply issues, you know, make it easier for people to create more housing supply. But, um, you know, a lot of it will be in the detail. 80s conversions were, were pretty shoddy. They were. One of the worst ones I saw uh, was imagine a, a, a sort of a back staircase in a, in a very large house. So it was like the servant staircase rather than the main staircase. And it had a sort of dog leg. So you go up one half flight and then there's a little landing and then you go up another half flight. Uh, and there was a window over the little kind of landing area. Uh, they just put a door at the bottom and a door at the top and called it a bedroom. Uh, because the landing, uh, the landing was just enough for a mattress, <laughs> so yeah. you were literally sleeping on the stairs. But uh, it's just outrageous. Uh, they are a bit. So, of, yes. Sorry, I remember staying in one in in Bath. You know, in it was one of these old you know uh, townhouses, and you sort of think from the outside, oh well, that looks like it'll be lovely. And you know, when you get inside, it's a bit like Ronald Weasley's house from Harry Potter. You know, you're not sh- sure how everything fits together and things are where they shouldn't be but you know and, and this is why it's a lot of it's in the detail because if people do it well and professionally then it will create a lot of good quality housing stock you know there's heaps and heaps of small to medium-sized developers that are converting houses at the moment into flats and so it could provide good quality living conditions and it could provide opportunity for you know it's twofold for landlords to make money from property but also to provide affordable housing that's needed so yeah and and, you know the recent pdr rules with changing commercial and offices to flats as well some of those haven't been great but again you know if you find good ones by good developers then they are they are good quality homes so yeah a lot of it will depend on how it actually pans out and what you're allowed to do exactly but i do think that's a very interesting uh, point from the statement Yes, because it wasn't just about renting, um, you know, being able to create an extra flat and rent it. You could actually sell it on. But then that obviously means that it has to be registered as a separate dwelling for council tax purposes. You know, the building control will be involved. And then this idea of not changing the exterior, which was a point that he made in the speech. If you're going to put extra kitchens and bathrooms in, that's usually going to mean extra drain pipes or you know and, and, and unless you put them all internally then you are changing the exterior so the consultation process will be interesting for sure yeah you know and it's again I, it, it will limit it to certain houses that are big enough to turn into two flats i know some sort of more inner city terrace types you couldn't just turn any of those into two flats you would need to add an extension or do a bit of work so yeah it depends what does it changing the exterior mean does it mean on a large scale and adding structure or does it mean you can't even add as you say pipes or whatever it may be to the outside so yeah it, very interesting but it will be yeah one to watch to see how it sort of pans out I think yes and if if it does create a kind of uh, you know add add to the supply uh, but if it does create a bit of a gold rush from um, sort of landlords in some areas it's going to put strain on the planning system there were some planning announcements weren't there uh, in the statement yeah some extra planning announcements um new premium planning services across england with faster decision dates that would be good for major business applications and and fee refunds when those are not met Uh, funding of uh, 4.5 billion to attract investment to strategic manufacturing sectors again including green energy aerospace life sciences and zero emissions as we've 
as we've mentioned. Yeah, the artificial intelligence innovation centres that that you mentioned earlier. Um, those all of those sectors. It's interesting because so many cities compete to to attract those this this knowledge economy um, idea of those are the those are the businesses of the future in the life sciences and green energy and space development and so on. Uh, and obviously, when we look at the different cities, you know, we see that all of the cities. Are claiming to have all of those things, you know, that they're trying to attract. Now, obviously, not all of them will be able to to attract every sector, but some of them have a head start um, because, say, Bristol with its aerospace sector, or Manchester because of the uh, the nano uh, nano carbon sector that it that it just had. You know, certainly advanced manufacturing there is is a big thing. And some of the zero, um, some of the renewable energies, some of those coastal ports, you know, even hull, some of the you know offshore arrays and stuff, they're going to be attracting businesses in those sectors because they've already got that head start. So worth keeping an eye on those and seeing where this government uh, tax relief uh, money starts to go. Any uh, final thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I think so. On that point, it's quite interesting. You know, you do have areas that are already set up for it a bit. You know, you've got the the MedTech Arc in Cambridge and Oxford, that's obviously got the medical technologies and some big medical companies there, AstraZeneca in, in Cambridge. And, you know, that will be interesting to see. But I was recently reading Elon Musk's new book. I mean, he didn't write it, but it was written by a guy called Glenn, something who shadowed him for three years. And, you know, if you have a force of nature, such as a person like Elon Musk, you know, they can make these things happen anywhere, which is what he did if you read his book. So, it will be interesting to see yeah, if it flows to these existing places or if it goes into to new areas. So something to keep an eye on. Um, as for any final thoughts about the autumn statement, uh, as we often say, you know, you're in it for the long term. So many of these things come and go and they'll have very little impact. You know, you've got to wait and see if they actually come to fruition and if when they do, what happens off the back of that. So just take it in your stride, keep buying for the long term, I think. And, uh, and I was chatting with a client just before we got on this podcast and they were talking about the stamp duty and all of that sort of stuff. And it's one of those things, the higher stamp duty that's frustrating. But again, you know, I think you've got, they were talking about London. You've got, according to Savills, prices going up in London by 18.8% over the next four years. So even if you're paying 10% stamp duty, you know, you're going to be making that back over a, a medium to long term period. So stay with it guys if you've got clear goals and plans stick with those goals and plans and i'm sure you'll be okay well good point to end on um uh, that's it for today uh thanks to callum uh and apw for sponsoring these podcasts and appearing in them thanks to emma holton from brilliant audio for producing and editing and until next time it's goodbye from callum goodbye paul and goodbye from me my name is paul shearer have a lovely day Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast series produced for APW by Emma Holton at Brilliant Audio. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe, hit like, share it with your friends. If you didn't, keep stum. You can find more episodes in all your usual podcast places.